it's the digital side hug and uh, I've got I've got a team of experts in my car right now uh, four of us are gathered in my Nissan Leaf and we've got somebody on the phone so let's do this this by the way is a special edition of the digital side hug um, some of you may hate the NBA if, if some of you may hate this podcast but if, but if you love the NBA turn it off now yeah if you hate the NBA turn the podcast off now we're gonna do an NBA preview and so t- let's let's introduce who we've got here and let's start with um, there's four ministers and one urban farmer uh, so Wes I'm gonna let you go last as our urban farmer. The rest of us, we're all on staff together at the same church, and we happen to be at a church that loves the NBA. Um, so, um, of course, you guys, I'm David Rubio. Let, introduce everybody else in the car. Uh, I'm Eric Livingston. I'm the Community Life Minister here at Otter Creek. Um, I'm a huge Spurs fan, grew up in San Antonio. Um, one of my children goes to bed crying when the Spurs <laughs> lose a playoff game. So be prepared for my bias. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that. That's great. I am. Is it Jaylee? I'm just joking. <laughs> I am uh, David Knox, middle school youth minister here at Otter Creek. Um, big Memphis Grizzlies fan. Been an NBA fan my entire life, mostly due to my grandmother's influence. <laughs> yes, you're from a long line of, yes. of really passionate Grizzly fans. Josh Craves, preaching minister. Um, I'm a big Detroit Pistons fan. Yes, we're still in the NBA. You haven't heard from us for a while, but don't worry, we're coming back. Um, my allegiance this year in the playoffs is open. I'm open oh. for business. You said before, though, that you could appreciate the the needs of a town like Memphis. You know, having oh, and cheer- we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. But I am also unapologetically a worshiper of LeBron James. I am fascinated yeah. by him mm-hmm. as a human being, and I. I love watching him play. So, Spurs fan, Grizzlies fan, Detroit Pistons fan. Wes, uh, introduce yourself to us. And by the way, what's an urban farmer? Uh, I'm Wes Riddle. I I live in Memphis, Tennessee. Essentially, uh, I've been from Memphis my whole life. Urban farming uh, is sort of a... a, (laughs) It's hard to answer that in just 30 seconds. You farm in the city. You, yeah, you, you grow food in the city. You grow food in or you know, extremely close to the city. Now, in addition, you, you are an urban farmer, but you're also an entrepreneur. You started a business called Roots Memphis Farm Academy. Yeah, and all that we do in 30 seconds or less, we train people to be urban farmers. That's awesome. I've... I've I feel like you're changing, you know, I feel like you're changing the world. That's what I feel like uh, when I hear about what you're doing in Memphis. Um, and Wes, but you're also, I, I've always said, I think your your most likely end game is either mayor of Memphis or general manager of an NBA team. How, how is that possible? <laughs> that, isn't, uh, that isn't possible, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you're on your way to being one of those two, though. No, I'm not. I'm not on the way at all to being an NBA executive at all. And <laughs> the other goal is 
Just let them farm in peace, man. I'm, I'm just running a, a farm academy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love what you're doing. Um, and Wes actually was my uh, the, 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 the one of the first interns that I ever had in youth ministry. I've been in ministry now 19 years, and Wes, back in 1999, interned for me at a church in Memphis. Uh, and actually, as an illustration, Wes, am I remembering this correctly? For an illustration... Um, to, on a, at a at a at a youth rally one time, did I did I spit in your face, or did you or did you eat dirt? No, I think you <laughs> ate dirt. You were always no, trying to eat. No, dirt. I shot myself in the like foot was, with a BB gun. Yeah, you did that too. I, and but you and felt like eating dirt was like one of the easiest shock things to do. I think he actually enjoyed it. So Tommy Drennan ate dirt. I, I don't know. I did not eat, eat the dirt. Is this your shout out to the five people who are going to listen to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Youth ministers everywhere are thinking, I can imagine a, a, an illustration where someone gets shot in the foot with a BB gun and, and someone else eats dirt and someone else gets So we will up. not be able to use the expression, this team's going to shoot themselves in the foot no, because you don't like that. Well, no, I, I don't mind that expression. I just, because I've experienced it. It's literal. It, it's hard for me to go to the figurative language because when I hear it, I think, no. That's not what they just did, because I remember getting tetanus shots and almost <laughs> passing out, you know, realizing it's a long story and it and it doesn't matter. The difference and, is you did it on purpose. I know. Most it, people, the there's metaphor, no need to bring action. There's no need to bring that up. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, NBA playoff preview. Um, who's excited? Wasn't last night awesome? Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I was watching Idol, but I can't wait. Now, Eric, you hated <laughs> last night. Tell us why. I was a little disappointed. I was really hopeful that... Uh, Dallas would beat Memphis to keep Memphis in that eighth spot because I could make a drive over to Memphis and see my Spurs play. Do you think Dallas matches up better with the Spurs, or do you think Memphis does? Well, um, we swept both of those season series. so <laughs> You're not really afraid of either, either team. Either Let's keep track of the be. arrogant Spurs comments <laughs> that happen in the next 30 minutes. That's number one. Right. Uh, I, I, felt, I, I would think you'd want way. the Mavs. Yeah, I think the Mavs will be slightly I think you'd easier. want the Mavs. Like, I wouldn't I want to play the Grizzlies. The I think the Grizzlies could win a game. Yeah. But, wow. Number two arrogant yeah. comment. No, I, I, could win I, a I'm game. I'm being generous here. <laughs> Ruby, I mean, Ruby didn't win a game last year. They wouldn't year. win yeah. any. No, I, I, here's what I say. I, you know, I think if you're the Spurs, you'd rather play the Mavs for the yeah. simple fact that the Grizzlies are f- at full strength. Sure. And if we had been at full strength all year, we probably would not be in the seven or eight set, but we'd probably be the three or four seed. Um, if, if we don't have so many injuries. Um, uh, before before we get into, I've got some specific questions I want to ask you guys. Before we do that, this is a little thing we like to call Blitzkrieg, Get to Know Me. So I'm going to start the music, uh, and we're going to go from here. The first question that I'm going to ask you is from a guy named Morris Gregwire. He's a great question asker. Uh, AskingCanBeFun.com. You know he's a sponsor of the show. So here's the question. You can, if there, uh, I'm sorry, Morris Gregoire's question is, who is your arch rival? And I'm going to put an NBA spin on this because, you know, of course, it's hard to talk about humans being our arch rival in real life, even though perhaps we have them. But in NBA terms, who is the NBA player that is just your personal arch nemesis and you cannot stand the fact that he is in the playoffs it's going to be hard to watch him play, et cetera, et cetera. Who is your arch rival? For me, it's 
it, that's an easy one. It's Chris Paul. I just I don't like Chris Paul. I think he's a flopper. He drives me crazy. The, the the Clippers in Memphis do not get along very well, so that makes me not like him as well. And I just I, being a twin, I hate the fact that he fakes it as a kid, <laughs> so it bothers me. And he's. He's he's faking being a twin, and you're you're an actual twin. I'm a I'm a real twin. Two of us in this half. I'm a real 50% twin. of us in this car are so twins. He offends you as a twin. He does. He offends me as a, as a twin. As a twin, I've never been offended, but I understand your point now. That is, I, I had My, never. Mine had that used thought. to be Ginobili. So does it make you not want to be a State Farm, uh, you know, person? Uh, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're going with Farm Bureau. I'm going. I'm sticking with. My local guns. Okay. When it comes to insurance. Mine used to be Ginobili. Um, oh man, I remember those days. But it's Chris Bosch now. Really? I just don't understand a seven foot three point shooter. Okay. Not named Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> so it's not as it's not his demeanor or personality, it's the way he plays I on the just court. I think he's soft. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who who else? Wes, do you have an arch rival? Yeah. Yeah, it's Chris Paul. I don't. Chris Paul's one of those guys that I don't understand how the rest of the league doesn't feel the same way about him. <laughs> Amen. Like, he's he's absolutely an embarrassment to the NBA. He he's the whiniest great player I've ever seen playing. It used to be Ginobili, but Chris Paul has set a new bar. What worse than Allen Iverson? Ab- did you ever watch Allen Iverson in person? Oh well, I I liked Allen Iverson. I mean, Allen Iverson was like you know, Allen Iverson was more like a like a warrior who you know sort of like you know he felt like he was getting a raw deal in large part because he was getting a raw deal. I mean, he was celebrated by the NBA sort of in the sense that the NBA you know made money off of him. But really, like behind the scenes, they were they were coming down on him hard all the time. You know, they they made up all these rules about how NBA players are supposed to sort of comport themselves. It were really, you know, it, it affected the entire NBA, but it was really just about Allen Iverson. So it'd be so Chris... He this, so, he so, this bent all the time. Chris Paul is the opposite. He's being celebrated and propped up um, like he's, you know, the greatest point guard ever. Like he literally can't commit a foul. And then he spends the entire game in a you know a conversation with all three reps. That, <laughs> that is an interesting forty-eight straight perspective. Minutes. And diving. I mean, this season he separated his own shoulder and was mad about it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> he did. I wonder if that was on Shaq and the Fool <laughs> when Chris Paul dislocated his shoulder. Oh, that's funny. Eric, do you have a nemesis? Well, I'm going to go with. I mean, somebody. is it possible for the Spurs to have a nemesis? For sure. You know, Durant. I'm. Fearful okay. of Durant because he's a beast. Although I have a high respect for Durant, I think he's a great player and he's also a Longhorn, so that that gives him some extra credentials. He lived in Texas that's, for one that's year. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> My nemesis, though, which will amuse Josh, I think would be LeBron James. I Ooh. think I think LeBron is the biggest narcissist. Okay. Oh my God! Possibly in the world. Oh <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and I just don't think. Un- Unquestionably, he's changed the game. He's a terrific athlete <laughs> in the world. But I don't. I just don't. He's not a basketball purist. He he uses his huge a terrific athlete body. is a way a white guy says. If I had his body, I would do what he does. If, if, that is the that is crap. Well, is I will crap. say this: if I had his body, I would do what he does. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You would be in the MBD. Li- <laughs> <laughs> 
He is the well, most that, unselfish superstar that we've seen since Magic Johnson. He could average 35 <laughs> points a game if he wanted to. And he passes up shots all the time. Well, here's my answer to the question. We'll, we'll come back to LeBron because okay. that, that is my, just a ridiculous. My answer. Come up again. Especially if you said that and Greg Popovich was in the car, do you know what Popovich would do to you? He has so much respect for LeBron James. I just I cannot even. This whole thing is off to a bad start. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think I have respect for him as far as you being said able he was a good athlete. Game. No, you said he was a good athlete. He is a good athlete. Um, I don't think he's a he's not a basketball purist. He almost averages a triple double, <laughs> and he's not a basketball purist. He does everything better than anybody else. Okay, I'm so, stepping in. I'm stepping okay, in. Okay. Oh my gosh! I there's a part of me that wants to say Mario Chalmers, you know, because yeah, he hit that shot against the Memphis and Tigers in 2000. He's but but he's not relevant enough to be an arch nemesis in the NBA. <laughs> that was nice. Well, that he's not. Nice. He's just not. Um, you know, but. <laughs> he's a starting point guard with who's played in three straight finals, but he's not good enough I didn't for, say, the, for a Grizzlies I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm becoming a Heat fan. Hey, I didn't I'm about say, to start cussing. No, I didn't say he. I Listen, I, I, loved, I loved watching the Heat win. But for me, you know, I, so I'm not going to. I said irrelevant, not good. <laughs> Here's my my arch nemesis is James Harden, mm. the beard. Yeah, yeah. My son calls him Beardomatic, yeah. and he started doing that years is ago. Is it when because he, was he doesn't play defense at all? Well, it's I think it's half because he looks like he's out of it, you know, like yeah. like almost like stoned the whole game. Well, and well, and which I mean, you know, there have been a few that and and I'm not picture? saying. Do you watch TMZ? No, I'm he's not, been no. on there a few times. Really. Yeah. Well, for me though, it's mainly I feel like he puts his head down and just drives to the hole and says, "Refs, you're 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 oh, your move." Oh, he does. He does. You know, He's sort sort of like the, what you were saying about Chris Paul yep. West. I feel like Harden is just one of those guys who's averaging 26 points a game because he shoots 16 mm-hmm. free throws a game. Yeah. Um and he, he has no, figured out the when the NBA changed the rules. He figured out the system of how to average yeah. 23 points. And there's no questioning that. his talent, you know, and there's no questioning his beard. But he cannot but, play defense. Okay, next question. This is the, la- the last little – and that took a longer, longer than I thought it would. Uh, so the next time LeBron James is mentioned, let's uh-huh. cool it, boys. Okay. I'm right. glad they're – Let's in, cool uh, it. One's yeah. in the front seat, one's in the back That's seat. Right. So we're okay, keep I, I'm still stunned by that. All right, Wes, Wes, we're gonna we're gonna go to you with this one first. Athlete. This is a, I always ask a button question. So there's a button in front of you. If you press it. You get free tickets and all expenses paid to your, you know, choice series of each round. So so you get to go to four series, first round series, second round series, you know, conference finals, and then the finals. You choose one of those. You get free tickets and all expenses paid to, to each home, every game, in, in whatever city it's in. But you must... Use them yourself. You must go to every game. Or, if you do not press the button, you do not get to watch a single second of the NBA playoffs this year. Or or listen, or listen to. This is assuming we can keep our jobs and fulfill Well, I mean, you'd have to talk to, you know, maybe boss. But what what do you say, Wes? Do you go... Do you go... Or do you give up the playoffs? Wait, why would I not press that button? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe you know, maybe it comes down to the Roots uh, Memphis Farm Academy Farmers, you know, 
don't have you to to uh, help them and 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 things suffer back home. Yeah, I think I'd have to just press the button and uh, deal with the consequences. <laughs> Good. I, I think the the, uh, the change that would make that question more compelling would be you can't watch or participate in the playoffs, but you know your team is going to win. Um. You know, that's the only thing that would compel me but, to, to push the button. You, you, or, or, or to, to not push the to button? To not push the button. Would well, be I, I feel like the, I mean, I feel I like there's, the I mean, going. your your job here would be, would be, would suffer. Well, I mean, yeah. you'd do a lot of traveling during a critical period. I mean. I think he wants to be the host. Of the show? Yeah, or do you want to change things yeah, around? Yeah, I think he wants to stick with the question. Do you, what do you think? What do you, do you have an answer? I want to go. You press the button. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming that my wife is not listening to this. I'm in. <laughs> okay, you press the button. Unless she's listening to this and then I'm staying home. <laughs> okay. Eric. Sure, I, I'd push the button. I'd, you would? Well, you'd be watching four playoff series yeah. <laughs> for your Spurs. I couldn't press the button. I'd, I'd have Why? to give up the playoffs. Well, first of this all. This is just the moment of the podcast where David proves he's no, no, no. a better husband no, no, than no. the rest of us <laughs> set up here. No, 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 no. Listen, there's a, there's a bonus to not pressing the button for a youth minister because this is the NBA, NBA playoffs that happened at a hard time. You know, I'm committed to impact. You know, I'm, I, there's there's a couple of summer things. I'm going on a mission trip to Mexico. I mean, I just wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to, to go to every game without causing serious chaos to my professional world. In addition, you know, I think my wife would love for me to do that. But anyway, okay, so so there it is. We uh, we're we're gonna move on. And I'm just going to throw out questions. And you guys, not everybody has to discuss these. You know, this is, I mean, there are other NBA previews out there. I still can't what was said about LeBron earlier. I well, just, I cannot. I think. From a basketball standpoint, I just can't. We but have was, to come back to that. It was thrown out as a, as a theory that possibly he's the most narcissistic person in the world. Not a fact. <laughs> you did um, see the decision, right? You, you do know that on the side of his yeah, house. Yeah, and I choose not to define a, a person by his worst moment. Have you ever heard of a guy named Kobe Bryant? He might be slightly more narcissistic than LeBron. Okay, okay. I can, Let's move I can, on with the question. But he's not in the playoffs. But he's not in the he's playoffs. He's not in the playoffs. Okay, and and Kobe, if you're listening, I didn't mean that as a, like a jab. <laughs> All right, uh, first question. Who's coming out of the East? Who's coming out of the West? I think Spurs are coming out of the West and the Heat are coming out of the East. Mm-hmm. So you're going chalk, Spurs and Heat. I mean, I'm saying chalk, even though they're the two seed. I agreed. Yeah. Third. Okay, I, Wes. We got three people here who say Spurs uh, versus Heat yeah. in the finals. I think you really got to call Spurs Heat. Uh, you know, San Antonio's on a roll. They have the best record in the NBA. With the new final format, which is one of your questions, um, I think you know they they have some hope this time around. That, that home court advantage will actually matter. Oh, the Spurs, and, the Spurs. And I think this is a great opportunity to remind ourselves that the worst NBA executive decision of the last 25 years is bearing fruit this playoffs. This is the year Oklahoma City would have been favored oh. to win it all if well, they would have kept Harden. Actually, they would be the favorites. Sure. And I'm going to say... I'm going to say Oklahoma City comes out of the West. And they might still come out of the West, um, but they won't be the favorite. And No, they won't be the favorite, but if if... They get past the, the 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 teams in front of them, which I think the I think the Grizz can play them tough. I, I I I'm not predicting a Grizzlies victory, although I think it'll be six games or or, or I think it'll be six games. Um, I think the Clippers could take them out, but I also think if they get to San Antonio in the Western Conference Finals, uh, I think they defensively they're the one team that matches up well with the Spurs. And I think it has to do with the length that they have on the perimeter. 
Um, we'll, we'll see, but I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that the Thunder comes out, and yeah, I'll say Heat. I'm, I'm gonna do Thunder and Heat. So who so who wins it? I'll, I'll say the Thunder finally get their their title. Mm. I'm predicting uh, Kevin I, Durant. I think Spurs are gonna win. It. Kevin Durant has been so good this year, and, and if he does in the playoffs what he did during the regular season, which is he he just flat out. Yeah. Outplayed LeBron and everybody we, else. We've never seen anyone no, in the history not, of the NBA like Kevin Durant. He's, it's at least been forty years. He's absolutely incredible. So, and I don't care what Michael Jordan said earlier in the year. He could not guard Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant would who roast can? him. You just cross no, your he, fingers and hope he, 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 he misses. Okay, so I'm picking Thunder. Is everybody going Spurs? Heat? Spurs. I'm picking Spurs. Spurs for US. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want the Heat, but I'm going to say the Spurs. I'm going to go with Spurs. Okay. I'll let that be a shocker for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Spurs. I do think um, – I actually think Oklahoma City has a better chance of beating the Spurs than Miami does. Um, just oh, because yeah. I, and I agree with that. Looking at the season, you know, Spurs are 0-4 against the Thunder over the season. Right. Uh, Durant is a tough guard. Well, uh, was but, it two or three years ago that it seemed like they figured figured some things out against yeah, the Spurs? Yeah, two years ago in the middle of, in the middle of a playoff Playoffs, period, yeah. Right? Spurs were up 2-0. They came back and won four straight. straight. And since then, they've had her number. But to mitigate all that, I I think Kawhi Leonard is just starting to figure out what to do with Durant defensively. And so I think think we'll we'll progress there. He he becomes the key, doesn't he? He's he's amazing. I think if we get Thunder Spurs and then Heat versus the winner of that, that's the most you can ask for is the way the the, the playoffs plays out. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I, the Clippers have been playing so well, and obviously, if, if they defend as a Memphis right fan, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 that's the Clippers are the one team that I want to see upset in the first round. You know, I wanted so badly for them to win last night, and and I was cheering so hard for the Thunder to lose, so so Memphis could get the yeah. the matchup with the Clippers, because I just think we're in their heads. But man, Blake Griffin has come on this year. Yeah. I'll say this about Chris Paul: he's a flopper, but. When you watch him in crunch time, he does, Wes, with all due respect, in crunch time, when he's not flopping, which you may say never happens, that guy gets after it. And he's one of the toughest. Because, again, this is a new league. This is not 10 years ago when you could play zone defense. He's one of the toughest guys to keep out of the paint. So I I think he's a little bit tougher than you guys give him credit for. Yeah. That may be true. There's a lot of hate for Chris Paul in this car. Well, there yeah. is. You know, you got three Grizzlies that are on this podcast, and and Chris Paul. I mean, we, you know, anyway, he's he's the he's the captain of you know the mayor of Flop City, but but his teammates also love him. Like people oh, well, love playing. What I was going to say is, and Wes, you know, you were talking, you were comparing him with Iverson earlier. Yeah, I understand your point about sort of the league perspective on him, but wouldn't you say that? Player, you know, league wide, players don't disdain Paul for his flopping the way fans do, right? That's correct. Don't I think that? uh, Yeah, it's almost like among the players, there's like there's like this, you know, you know, we're all playing by the same rules, and we're not going to begrudge people so much for just trying to do what they've got to do. There's like that kind of like player attitude yeah but fans aren't in that you know, fans aren't 
aren't in that community. Well, and they're looking at it completely differently. Right. There's also like. Oh, good. I was going to say, there's also this super circle in the NBA now where you have Carmelo, D-Wade, LeBron, Chris Paul. Like, they all love each other. And there's almost like this unwritten code of, yeah. I bet there are guys that don't like Paul's flopping, but they could never say it publicly because of that super circle that was formed with the Olympic oh, yeah. team. Yeah, definitely. There's like this high, There's this NBA social hierarchy. It, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, yeah. I just think that I don't think that Chris Paul's not a great player. He's absolutely fantastic. I remember talking to to David in the in the draft the year that he was oh, the, drafted. Yeah, you you thought he was the best player in the draft. I remember saying we need to trade Pau Gasol, just get rid of anybody yeah. that we can to move up and draft Chris Paul that, yeah. that year. That was the year that Marvin Williams went number one. I think. Instead, <laughs> instead, you guys waited to trade Pau Gasol, and we all know how that went. Oh, that was the greatest trade of all time, potentially. But he is absolutely incredible. That's what's so yeah. frustrating no. about his demeanor and his... Yeah, that his, trade won the Lakers two championships. That, that's right. You know, I forgot, Wes, that you, you called it. I mean, you called it his senior year or whatever. It was his last year of college. You said, that guy's right. going to be... He was a great an NBA. Player. I mean, an, he, the, the he best player great. in the draft and one of the best players in the NBA, and he's been top five. Um, okay, well, let, let, let's let's move on. What first-round upset do you think, you know, w- w- predict, you have to predict a first-round upset. And now we're, we're calling upsets based on seeding because there's some seedings that don't really predicate yes, the word upset. Yes, that's right. We're going strictly by seeding, and you get bonus points if you avoid the 4-5. But, but I'll allow I'm going to surprise you guys. You're going to surprise us? Yep. I'm taking the Grizzlies over the Thunder. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Making friends on the podcast. Hey, well, we're coming back to LeBron later, so maybe not. That's but great. I, I just, I don't know. I have a feeling that it feels a little bit like the year Golden State beat Dallas. Yeah. Like Dallas had Dirk, who was the best scorer and the best one on one offensive player in the NBA mm-hmm. that year. But Memphis has a toughness uh, that Golden State used to have. They don't have it now, but. I just I don't know. I think that series is going to be a lot harder than people think it okay. is. I like They're that. finally healthy. Yeah. If they would just stop playing Tayshawn Prince, they might. have Oh, now you're talking yeah. Wes's language. Yeah. <laughs> Tayshawn, when they when you guys first got him from the Pistons, Rubio asked me. I was like, you know, you got to put him with the right people. He doesn't fit on that team. And that's what Harrington says. He does Harrington. He does not fit on that team. There are certain matchups where we can use him for 25 minutes or 20 minutes. He's a great eighth man now at this point in his career. Okay. Well, good good one. What's your first-round uh, prediction? I'm going to go with uh, Brooklyn over the Raptors, which is just a 3-6, so I don't know how much of an upset that yeah. is. Youth first age. Yeah, but I think absolutely I think uh, the Nets' experience – Veteran status will will trump the the Raptors. You're going to see more yeah. post ups, maybe than any series you've yeah. ever seen with Brooklyn. They're going to post every single time down the floor. Yeah. Pierce, Livingston, Garnett. It's just it's going to Darren Williams is going to post up. That's all. That series is going to be one big post up. Don't you know the chip on Toronto's shoulder has got to be so uh, big? I don't think anybody's expecting. But them they play in Canada. I mean, Everybody they, they was scheming to try and play the Raptors. And now everybody, you know, pundits all over will be, will be predicting a, a Raptors loss. Okay, who else? That, that, that would have been my same one, the Nets. Nets over Raptors. All right, Wes, are you going to surprise us? No, I think those are the two. Actually, those are the two that I kind of highlighted. I, I don't actually think the Grizzlies are going to pull it off, but 
in terms of you know the the way that the the playoffs shake out with the West being so much stronger than the East and where the Grizzlies having basically been injured the majority of the season they're the they're the best low seeded team um, and. And for that, it's also the best first-round matchup. Here's to Kendrick better. Perkins playing 25 minutes a game in that series. That's your best chance. The we more, need, yeah, we need Scott Brooks to continue <laughs> to think that Kendrick Perkins is good at basketball. <laughs> All right, we're back. Um, we we had a little bit of a glitch there. We're actually no longer in the car. Um, Due to a series of crazy circumstances, uh, we we have had to begin to re-record the podcast. Wes Riddle is no longer with us. So, I mean, how do we feel about that? It's you kind know, of a bummer. One less Grizzly fan, I'm not terribly disappointed. So, so <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, there are moments where in this, you know, maybe, maybe I can uh, share a Wes proxy or whatever. Let, guys, we had just been discussing first, you know, potential first-round upsets, mm-hmm. and it seemed like everybody kind of felt like the Grizzlies had a chance uh, to upset the Thunder, and, but more likely probably the Nets uh, would, would probably be the most yeah. likely first-round upset. Mm-hmm. That's right. So let's do this. Now, let's talk bold prediction. Um, I am going to start with a bold prediction. And my bold prediction would probably be, I know this is sound crazy, I actually think the Hawks have a chance over the Pacers. I'm going to predict that the Hawks take it to seven games. Wow. I would love to take that bet if we were allowed to. I would take that bet right now. Seven games. They win a game six at home. And And they win a game seven in Indy. That's what you're saying? No, 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 no. I'm saying they take it to seven seven. games. Uh, and then you know anything goes. Sure, what anything what goes. about you guys? So you're not taking the. Ho- I'm I'm trying to clarify here. My bold prediction is that the Hawks go to seven. Go to seven games yeah. and make the Pacers sweat it out. The Pacers stink. They have been they there have been terrible bit, since the I, All-Star I've been thinking break. about that since you said that this morning on the podcast that we're not playing. But <laughs> <laughs> there is some precedent in the last ten years for teams not playing well the last two months leading up. To the season and still doing okay in the playoffs, but I agree with you that the Pacers are struggling and the Hawks have enough youth and can shoot the three actually that they could extend it to seven games. I don't, I cannot see them no. winning a game seven in Indianapolis. No. Oh my but that, that's again because of the Eastern Conference. If Indy was in the West and they were playing an eight. On the on the current trajectory they're, that Indianapolis is on right they're now, they're playing the Mavericks. Yeah, they're playing the Mavericks, which would I, I be would, a matchup I would nightmare pick, for I would them. pick the oh, eight yeah. over the one. Yeah, but, that's a well, great. And point. it's the off the court stuff for the the Pacers that the baby has me mama. worried. I don't yeah. know what's going that, on. With that them. that story killed it. And they're not playing. I mean, they're just not playing. They're not a team right now. So I'm 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 taking Hawks. What other bold predictions? I have a bold prediction that at least ten percent of your podcast listeners. We'll come up with a conspiracy theory of why Wes is no longer with us right now. Ten <laughs> percent of fifty is yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I think my bold prediction is going to be related to James Harden. I predict that James will go uh, thirty-five. Will average thirty-five points and ten assists per game during the playoffs and two appearances per week on TMZ for nightclub fights. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a possibility as well. That's a possibility. But I, I just think that's solid. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. Um, and, no and defense. Yeah, you know, well, no defense in those. He's going to rest. So on he's going to have all that energy on the offensive end, 
and he's going to have the ball a lot. Houston's going to rely on him. Is he the most out-of-shape superstar in the NBA right now? Uh, he, huh. Does Carmelo give him a run for his money? Because the theory on out him is shape. the I mean, reason he doesn't play defense is he has never pushed himself physically like LeBron, who's a great athlete, to be able to play on both sides. And so the theory on Harden is he knows he can't compete at that level. On both ends of the floor. Right, on both ends of the floor. So that's why he's so – because if you look at his numbers, he really is the worst high-profile defensive player that we have in the NBA. You're talking about as as, as like a contrast to, say, Steph Curry, who's just too small to be real effective. He tries, he just just gets pushed around. Yeah, but when you watch Harden, I mean, the the kind of classic description is Olay defense. I mean, he is yeah. like a matador out there. <laughs> you and me could score on that guy. Well, maybe you. I maybe. Have, I have a meniscus. <laughs> my, bold, my bold prediction is borderline stupid, but I have an affinity for the Grizzlies because I think they're the closest to – the bad boys, and the 2004 Pistons who shocked the world by beating the Lakers. I think the Grizzlies can beat the Thunder. I think uh, the point guard, help me. Conley. No, the other point on the on the Thunder. Oh, Westbrook. I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Mike Conley. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the other one. I think, I think you just don't know in a seven-game series how his body, his knee's going right. to hold up. And I think even if he's at 60%, I think if the Grizzlies can get some help on the perimeter – don't play Tayshawn Prince. Do not play him more than 10 minutes. If they get some help on the perimeter, look out. Josh is looking for uh, a digital full frontal hug. Before this. <laughs> <laughs> is that, and are you sucking up to the host, No, Josh? and the key is if Kendrick Perkins plays over 20 minutes, right? for every minute he plays over 20 minutes, the Grizzlies' chances of winning goes up 10%. <laughs> for every minute over 20 minutes. No question. No question. Uh, David, uh, bold prediction, at least one nightclub incident in Houston um, or a, a game that is – there's a very there's going to be a very controversial ending to a game related to instant replay, I think. Okay. At least one game that really matters That's good. will be determined by yeah. a very controversial instant replay, instant, instant, re, instant replay call. Okay, good. That's fun. All right, well, who's your, your player most likely to break out? And, and and this can be anybody. I'm going DeAndre Jordan, who was called uh, the Bill Russell. Yeah, foolishly. But I'm going. With the, I'm going with DeAndre Jordan. Okay. Who, who called him Bill Russell? Just to clarify that. His own uh, coach, Doc, Doc Rivers. Rivers. Oh. And Doc oh. Rivers knew he was lying. To well, he's America. building his player up. Yeah. Right. That was the first. That's what he said last summer when he took the. Job. I can still remember when Jim Murgatroyd. I was playing church league basketball in Memphis. And at the very end, I'm fouled. I go to the line to shoot two. We call timeout. Jim Murgatroyd, the best player on our team, you know, he starts the the, the discussion in the huddle with after Rubio makes these two free throws. Mm-hmm. You know that that's that's you know he exactly. knew I'm, I'm a that's terrible exactly free throw shooter, but I, but I went out. I guess what I did? You hit him. I hit him. One and one. I hit him. One and one. No, I hit him. I mean, would you know. he be telling this story if he missed the free throws? No, because that would have allowed me to it bring up Memphis people tend to struggle making free throws in uh, situations. But we don't Josh. get to have that conversation. <laughs> you just downgraded to a side hug. <laughs> you just downgraded. Uh, who player most likely to make a breakout? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Reggie Jackson. Okay. And we've already solid. We've already questioned Westbrook's health a little bit. I think because of that situation, and because Reggie Jackson's just playing really well. He's hitting open threes. He's moving. 
And then when you're playing alongside Durant, you can't go wrong. So Bill Simmons calls it irrational confidence, and he's one of those guys that just he has so much confidence in himself yeah. that I think he's made for the playoffs. Right. And, and you can't score if you don't shoot, so he's kind of got that mentality. I, I, I can't decide who I think is going to take that next next level. This is not really a person who's going to come from obscurity, but but somebody who I think is going to – Rise into the top four players in the NBA, but I think I think the way the playoffs are set up, Noah can take out the Wizards, take out the Pacers, and be averaging a triple double for the playoffs. And wow. you know he, he's he's getting nine or ten assists most games right now, which is ridiculous. I just think he'll be it'll be that conversation of after LeBron and Durant, like who's next, and and I think Noah's going to rise up into that, that is seven a, good, six five range. I like you, that. You know, I like that. I'm going to say John Wall. I, now, I, I don't think they'll get past the Bulls. I felt better about this before the games last night where things got shuffled. I guess it was Tuesday I was looking at the, the matchups or, you know, if the season ended today kind of thing. And the Wizards were, were matched up with the, the Raptors. And I just love John Wall's game. I think it's I think he's got a chance to do some special things in the playoffs. With one, you know, with one series to do it in, I don't know that we're going to be talking about him like he's – you know the next Paul George, but I think it, I, I just so did John you, Wall's a winner. D Knox, did you have Noah in your top five for MVP? Oh, I think he would be this season top because five. he's he's the only. I mean, if you look at who's he's got around him with the Bulls, and the definitely fact, the defensive player. Yeah, he's he's just incredible. He's incredible. So, what's the matchup that you're most wanting to see in these playoffs? I think we were all probably excited about the Nets versus the Bulls in round one, and we did not get that. But is there as you that would look, have been a street fight? Oh, like that would have been, would have been so an old-fashioned street fight. Uh, what matchup are you hoping to see? And can I just take Heat Spurs off the table? Sure. You know, so that is the best matchup. Yeah, yeah we, that's going to be great if we get there. Um, but what sort of pre-finals, you know, ultimate matchup do you want to see? I'm looking forward to the Nets Heat if they both come get to the second round. Um, those teams don't like each other. You've got some old veterans on yeah. the nets that know yeah. how to throw an elbow without getting caught. Yep. Um, I, I I would I would expect to see an eject an eject an ejection. Folks, <laughs> right. we just got really close to an whoa. FCC censorship. Somebody being ejected from the game, a player being removed would be another way to say it uh, for b- violating the <laughs> rules. Uh, okay. Yeah, so that yeah, that would be fun to see. I think the Nets think they're better than the Heat. They may be the only people that think they're better than the Heat in the entire country. But but they do. And and, and Kevin, that's gonna make it fun. Since LeBron's rookie year, Kevin Garnett the only person Kevin Garnett has abused more than LeBron James is Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Charlie I, Villanueva. <laughs> <laughs> besides him. Sorry, besides Charlie. Uh, I.e. the incident at Madison Square Garden where Carmelo went after Kevin Garnett in the loading dock at Madison Square Garden, if you remember that story. Like, the things that Kevin oh, yeah. Garnett has said to LeBron over the years, those two genuinely hate each other. Yeah, they do. So that, that will. I agree with – that's a good matchup. I, I really want to see – I don't want to see this because it means that – that two teams that I do not like are playing in the Western Conference Finals, but the Clippers versus the Spurs, oh. and Doc Rivers versus versus Pop, yeah. and, and and just the ridiculousness of both of those teams, the way I feel they play, <laughs> um, would be fun to watch. Old school versus new school, flopping all over the place. So just it would be like watching soccer. 
I'd like to see Chicago and Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Chicago, every year that they've had this run with Miami, has always been outmanned. But this year would be the worst. Uh, the trade of Luol Dang, injury to Derrick Rose. And I think Chicago will – I don't think Chicago can beat Miami, but I think they could take so much out of them that Miami might not even have enough to make a good series versus the Spurs or OKC. Oh, I think yeah. I think the Bulls are the best friend of whoever comes out of the West. Yep. So I'm looking – because that will be a cage fight. Because the Bulls aren't going to come out of the West, is what you, or the East. Is they're what not coming out of the East. Because if they did, they wouldn't be they, – they, they, would, they would be – they're going to be – They would still be the best friend. If the Bulls came out of they would still be the best friend. As a Spurs fan, I would be appreciative of that. So so dogs hard, but they'll be mean and angry, and it'll be you know. I mean, nothing can be more painful than Game Six last year, right? Right. If you think the Bulls (laughs) have had nothing to lose in the past, if they get to the conference finals, they're going to bring machetes, Uzis, handguns. I mean, they don't. They will not care what happens in this series. Well, I I want to see. The Clippers and Grizzlies. I, you know, I understand. I'm a Grizzlies fan, so maybe I should disqualify that answer. Does that come from your disdain of Chris Paul? No, actually, uh, no. I mean, more than anything, I want to see Zach Randolph and and Blake Griffin go wrestle a, and fight. A ten inch vertical versus a hundred inch unbel- vertical. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible to see those two, and to think that Blake Griffin is one of the best players in the NBA. Everybody's amazed at what he does because of his athleticism, because he's he's kind of a transcendent superstar. Yeah. And everyone's amazed at Zach Randolph because it's like, how does he? Yeah. He's got old get man. The ball old man in the game, hole. Right? Like old this makes game. no sense that he's successful and in the game of basketball. And speaking of bringing weapons to a game, and you're guaranteed yeah. a sawed-off shotgun sure. by Zach Randolph. And who? And the one that's intimidated is the guy is Blake Griffin. I mean, you know, you see it when he plays the Grizz, and maybe he's passed it this year. I would just, I would have fun watching that series. I feel like we've owned them, you know, three years in a row. Really, I mean, we threw away Game One in 2012. Or else we're talking about a, a real legitimate, you know, supremacy over over the Clippers. So I want to see that. That that would be fun. Um, let's move on then. Uh, if you could only follow one person on Twitter, who would it be? While you go through the playoffs, it's kind of fun, you know, to to, to keep up with what people are saying. Is there a is there a basketball guru or somebody that you just enjoy, or or do you like to you know watch your Stephen Colbert? You know Conan O'Brien Twitter feed during playoff games. I I like to follow Shaq. Um, I I will be uh, I will be um, following him during the playoffs. Uh, he is a funny funny guy. Uh, you know his basketball skills are somewhat questionable. He's, he's just huge. He's tough to guard, but um, he's a funny guy. And this is from somebody that grew up in San Antonio. That's me. But Shaq also grew up in San Antonio. So for a long time he was a nemesis. Of the Spurs, oh, yeah. especially when the Lakers and Spurs said were some really bad things. Yeah, absolutely. insulted San Antonio. So I hated that guy for a long time, but I've come to I've come Be- to appreciate his. Humor. Before D Knox gives you his seven recommendations for Bill <laughs> Fall on Twitter, I'm actually going to change mine up. You oh, know, yeah. Bill Simmons used to be uh, pretty prolific on Twitter until he got reprimanded by ESPN for playing out of bounds a little bit two years ago. I don't know if you remember that. I don't remember that. And he he backed off. If you just Google. Oh. ESPN Bill because Simmons, he because he was, he's thought, an analyst on on yeah, ESPN they, they didn't want him being a little too chippy and okay. and Simmons loves to you know he loves to stir the drama so they they yeah. thought he had crossed the line but I'm looking for him to get a little more in the mix I think okay. he's got as much clout as he's ever had so I think you may see some pretty good stuff on Twitter from Bill okay Simmons. 
Bill Simmons, Shaq, yeah. Shaquille O'Neal. Is sorry before David Knox goes. Is Dick Bavetta on Twitter? Ooh, that's a great. I'm sure there's a fake Dick Bavetta. <laughs> yeah, or Dick Bavetta. But the hand. real Dick Bavetta. Yeah, that, I don't know. Fun. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Dino. So you got. Yeah, I, I I like following the the guys who host the starters on NBA TV. They're uh, and they do a, a daily podcast as well. But but they always have really good insights. Mixed, you know, a lot of humor mixed in, but they like to point out just really fun and unique things that are happening in games. And so I I like, you know, keeping up with them. Um, you know, I, I actually like Mark Stein. I like the way he watches games, but I'm going to say Chris Harrington just because he sees the things that nobody sees. He's the best, in my opinion, the best NBA analyst in Memphis, does a great job of covering the Grizzlies, but he does a great job of seeing behind the box score for every, you know, team. He's really a, he's a stats guy, very Zach Lowish in his approach to the game. Um, so Chris Harrington. All right. By the uh, way, you just solved a really important debate in that question that Twitter is far superior to Facebook. So thank you for. Oh well, especially for on the fly yeah. interaction with for, what's going on. Uh, and I'm going to look up Dick Bavetta. I can't wait to see. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could do that right now. Um, okay, we're switching gears. We got about eight more minutes on this podcast. I want to ask if you were commissioner, mm-hmm. how do you improve? The NBA playoffs. Now, the NBA playoffs is a great product. It's awesome like it is. But if you were commissioner, could you improve it? And if so, what do you do? I think you have to reseed the conferences, do away with the conferences once you get to the playoffs. Because, I mean, it's ridiculous that that the Atlanta Hawks are in the playoffs this year. And it'll come back another year where the East is stronger at some point, not in the foreseeable future. But I, I think you have to rethink that whole process. Yeah, and this actually, when we we recorded earlier and, and lost some of the audio, this was Wes's big deal. He agreed with you exactly. on that, and it just it drives that drives I know Wes crazy about the NBA. Um, I guess for I guess for me it would be I would want to eliminate flopping, and I don't like it in the regular season. I, I don't like it when it, that it goes on anytime, but especially in the playoffs. And I think I would I would give a mandate to the referees to say. When you you know you you go to the tape, and if somebody pretends to get injured, throws their, you know tr- pretends to get the kind of foul that would warrant a flagrant one or two, but no physical contact is made. You know somebody throws a head back and fakes a, a an elbow to the face. Yeah, I think you got here, to retroactively here's your, here's your opportunity for that to happen. If the Clippers meet the Spurs. That will be the flop off oh, in NBA oh, history. Oh yeah, because you arguably have the four best floppers. Ginobili, currently in his heyday, could flop with anybody. Oh, and he still does. If you watched him in that Miami series, it was unreal how many dives he took. Well, Parker, but Parker gets abused. But you take Griffin, CP3. Yeah, and, and we him. talked about Chris. He he dislocated his shoulder earlier this season <laughs> on a flop. Blake <laughs> uh, Griffin's a flopper. Yeah, I mean oh, it could be a flop fest. It could be awesome. That would be that would be like the the you remember Garth in Wayne's World when he was imitating the the guy from Scanners, and his brain was about to explode because he's just yes, overloaded. Yeah, yeah. It's so much the the flopping. Uh, so you, yeah, if you're the commissioner, that's a farce. That that to me. It doesn't ruin the NBA. Nothing can ruin the NBA playoffs. It's just so great watching these teams go at it. But but I would want to get rid of the flopping. What about you guys? 
Yeah, my, mine doesn't really have to do with the the current playoff system, but it would be in addition to that where you take the 14 teams that didn't make it to the playoffs, you let the six have their – the bottom six have their lottery, and, and, and then the seven through 14 teams, so those eight teams get to – compete in a weekend Elite Eight tournament Ooh. where Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and... In between the it, end like, of the season? Like in between the end of the season and the beginning of the playoffs. Okay. And, and so how those teams end up in that tournament determines how, you know, how they get... where they get a draft pick. Yeah, so yeah, the team that wins that tournament gets the seventh pick in the draft. I think that's fantastic. I just wow. think that would be... It would be super fun to watch. If you did it all in one city, it would be, an, it would be like an all-star weekend tagged on at the end of the season. Wow. That Nash- I think Nashville would be tons of fun. Nashville would be a perfect place for that. I think the only weakness. I mean, there's. I think I love that. You would see some wrangling toward the end of the season to try and position yourself to miss the playoffs, so you can get that seventh round pick if you're a good team in the West, for I, instance. I don't you know think, if a team would, would want to miss the playoffs. Though, if you knew you weren't going to get anywhere in the potential playoffs, potential eighth seat. Eighth seed, if you, you, think you if would, you have this year's draft, this year's draft, you would you want you the would seventh the pick in the draft. Well, Not I mean, it just out, depends on who you are. The, you would tank the preventative tank. If you're the yeah. Hawks, if you're the Hawks, right, right. and you've got a chance to get a franchise-changing player, or if you make the playoffs and you're the eighth seed in the East, you end up drafting. You know, you're 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 missing out on you know. A bunch of really great players. I could see that. The, the Hawks have to be aware they're not coming out of the East. They're not getting out of the first sure, round. Sure. And so I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I love your idea. I love Although, it. I really do. There are people out there that would say the Hawks could get out of the first round. There are some people that could say <laughs> they could go to a seventh game with. Who Instagram. would make I, that kind of bold it's, prediction? It's not on wild, this podcast. No, no, no. I, I, but you know, the Hawks originally everyone thought they were going to tank this year. Well, but I don't and think they're that, mutually exclusive. Around, yeah. I don't think just because a team might end up trading an eighth spot in the playoffs for a really good player in a, in a draft, I don't think that precludes the possibility that that team I, might I think be it, competitive in the playoffs. I think it might create some of that mid-level tanking, but I think it would eliminate a lot of the lower-level tanking yeah, that yeah, happens. Yeah. You know, you've got your six crap teams, but then other than that, everybody else is still competing because yeah. they want the one or two. You know, That's good. They, they'd rather be the 13th best team as opposed to the – Seven I really team. like that. So I just think it would be fun. Did yeah. you did you have a bold prediction? I mean, I'm sorry, uh, a, a, a commissioner. Yeah, yeah. I, I would change the way replay works. I, I just hate it at the end of the game when the whole rhythm of the game uh, yeah. Get, yeah. gets thrown. It's out like of, announcements after a great sermon. That's right. It's, it is like that. It, <laughs> it is. happens it a lot. Sucks the wind right out of the whole event. So I would like to see the the replay official have some more yeah. power rather than his whole job right now is just to turn the monitor around That's to the head job, official. Man. Oh, that's a great job, a great gig. But I would like for him to have the answer to the problem by the time the head official walks over to the table. So I I, I don't want to eliminate replay because I want to get the right call, but I want that to be a quick... Yeah, make it quick. Why couldn't they let like celebrity officials come in to be that per- like to turn like if if <laughs> to turn Bruce the TV. Springsteen is the one who's turning the TV like that would David, be David. You're, if you're the commissioner, see those are the, that's just the way that's my NBA. I, I want <laughs> Will Ferrell. Like Will yeah. Ferrell. Yes. How great is that going to be? John C. Riley and Will Ferrell turning the TV together. If that's all it is, why can't we make that fun? Uh, I wonder what that guy gets paid to turn that. Money that's in. great. Uh-huh. Uh, Oh, okay. I make six figures. It, it's a shame. It's a shame that that we that Adam Silver may never hear these ideas. I mean, he may be a listener of the podcast. I mean, you know, you you, you never know. Uh, 
let's close it down. Let's give a final thought, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, NBA playoffs start Saturday. It's so exciting. What's your final thought as we look ahead? My final thought is this is the greatest season of sports um, playoffs when it is compared with football, NHL, which doesn't really count, NBA, or, or Major League Baseball, college. This is just its the most fun time in my opinion, compared to those other sports. You get 40 games in 40 nights. You, you, it's not 10 days of games the way the NCAA, NCAA is. It's not, yeah. um, you know, one game every weekend for four weekends like the NFL. It's just its just more exciting. There's just so many storylines changing every day, and that makes it fun. I'd like to take this opportunity to <laughs> – I'll highlight two things. The first one is I would encourage everyone to watch the Bad Boys 30 for 30 documentary. They won two NBA championships in the late 80s in a time when the NBA had not expanded yet. Uh, it was really hard to make an NBA roster, even harder than it is now. They almost won three, if not for a horrible call in 1988 in Game 7 against the Lakers. So uh, check that out because there's a great piece today uh, by Chuck Klosterman on Grantland, who's oh. one of my favorite writers, on why the Pistons were really important to the transition from the 80s Bulls, uh, Celtics, Lakers to the 90s Bulls, that the Pistons were the perfect transition between yeah. those two eras. And the second thing, to bring our friend LeBron James back in, I think this is a playoffs of legacy. I think LeBron has a chance to put himself in the same stratosphere with Jordan Taking um, and I don't think anybody can argue that the Bulls has more talent than the the, the Bulls of the '90s uh, had more talent than the Heat. Now I think if LeBron gets them back to the finals and can find a way to win, which I, I don't think is going to happen, but if he does, I think that puts him in Jordan stratosphere for four NBA Finals in a row, carrying Three the Olympics in a row team yeah. uh, playing it. But he does it on both ends. He always yep. guards no the question. other team's best player. He gets close to triple doubles, eight rebounds, six to seven assists. He's done so. So much this, I think, this is it's a legacy playoff. But I also think it's a legacy playoff for Popovich. I think if Popovich gets them back to the finals. I think we'll finally be able to separate just a little bit between Popovich and Phil Jackson for best coach of the modern era. I think he's that close to Phil Jackson. Even though the championships aren't, I mean, even Phil's got not, more, but you can make a case close. he. he Fell backwards into the best players on the planet in each case. Well, arguably, he had the three best players of the last, yeah. besides LeBron James, he had the three best players of the last 25 years in Jordan, Shaq, and Kobe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Pop has done so much. What about you? Yeah. Final well, thought. that's my final thought is I think um, as we experience these playoffs, you've really got to stop and just appreciate um, – the beauty of how the Spurs play. I know that sounds tremendously biased, but <laughs> that's all orchestrated by pop. And that's been going on for 15 years. Um, that's funny. You know, you kind of have to, over the last 25 seasons, the Spurs have had winning seasons all except for one year. And that was when Robinson got injured, which um, led to the, to the drafting of Duncan. So, um, and then pop came on right then also. So I, I think we've really got to be aware of what kind of history that is. And if it's coming to an end, if the Spurs win this championship, I think Duncan may take the opportunity to retire and then Pop may may throw in the towel. So as this kind of draws to a potential close, I think we've just got to really appreciate the the longevity that, that the Spurs have been a good team. That's my final thought. Well, and, and that sort of transitions to my thought, which is, and this I guess will close our podcast out, um, we're almost done except for the hugging. 
I would just say I've hated the Spurs for a long time. You you just made the case that we're supposed to appreciate them this postseason. I've I haven't until recently. I've hated the way they play. You know, I thought they were a boring team. Uh, Not so recently. I've enjoyed sort of the renaissance of of basketball in terms of just the the excitement and the and the pace. But I will say this: I appreciate them more now than I ever have before, and and it's because of of Eric, you. Um, I'm on staff at this church. Obviously, we have a very diverse staff, and 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 uh, so I guess I'm bringing this back around and connecting it to ministry in some way. Um, you know, it's not it's not hard. Not not like it's hard to connect the NBA playoffs to ministry. No, that's a but no, but seriously, you know, it just it's a reminder that when you when you love a person, it it you learn, and you you kind of learn to appreciate things in a different way to see things from a different perspective and I like you you know I'm I'm thankful for you what you what you're doing at our church I mean I like being around you I, it's when I you know I learned of course I knew that you were a Spurs fan and there's a part of me that's like stupid Spurs fan but that part of me has just died because you're just fun to be with and I it's hard to hate the Spurs because of my friendship with you and I, I guess I guess the point would be uh, yeah, and he's coming in for a hug, and it's probably time to start the final music. Now, the point would be, it just in the kingdom of God, um, th- there are just things that matter more than the the rivalries out rivalries out there in the world, and uh, and that's my final thought. And so, any, as you enjoy the playoffs, don't forget to enjoy the people in your life that you can give hugs to, and that's what we're doing right. now. Thank you guys. Hugs all around. We're helping out with the playoff version of the digital side hug. NBA playoffs begin Saturday. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time.